praise you, Jesus. We come into your presence today. God Almighty, we glorify you, Father in heaven, and we worship you. God the Spirit, be here among us. Lord, we need you to block out those things that would distract us from hearing your word. Help us to hear your word. Help us to listen to your word so that we will not lose our hearing and so that we will live lives that bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. A husband had a problem. So he decided to act on it. This husband thought that perhaps his wife's hearing was going. So while she sat on a couch facing away from him, he stood at the kitchen and he said, Sweetie, what's for dinner? No response. So he took a couple of steps forward and said, Sweetie, what's for dinner? Still no response. Another couple of steps forward right behind the couch. Sweetie, what's for dinner? For the third time, tacos. I may resemble that remark more than I want to admit. Men often lose our hearing. I credit my hearing loss to having had many ear infections growing up because I know that my hearing loss has nothing to do with selective hearing. <laughs> selective hearing really is a problem we all must conquer. I have discovered in my counseling office that selective hearing is a universal problem. Selective hearing, hearing what you want to hear, is a problem that no gender has a corner on. Jesus dealt with selective hearing when dealing with the hardened religious elite of Israel. And Paul dealt with selective hearing when dealing, speaking to the hardened philosophical elite in Greece. Christians deal with selective hearing when speaking to hardened progressive elites in the U.S. Donna, of course, deals with selective hearing when speaking to her hardened husband who is not elite at all. And because selective hearing is a perennial and pernicious problem, Jesus spoke in parables. Jesus used parables both to woo and to judge. Choose to listen or you will lose your ears. We are traveling through Mark again, and in Mark 4, we come to the chapter on the parables of the kingdom. Now, it's important to understand what Mark says about the parable of the kingdom, yet, Matthew does a fuller job explaining why Jesus spoke in parables. So this week, I want to give a bit of context. I want to provide some perspective on how Jesus both wooed and judged, how he concealed and he disclosed, how he both made plain and he obscured the truths of the kingdom that he came to inaugurate. Choose to listen or you will lose your ears. Or as Luke says, be careful how you hear. Luke 8.18, take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. 
Now listen, this is simply true. You will see what you, you will see or hear what you want to pay attention to. If you want to hear God's word, then he will open it to you. If you desire to go your own way, then you will simply miss his call. Especially when he calls to you, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because even what you know about God will be taken from you if you decide you don't need him. Now, this is just simply true. You also will see or hear what you want to see or hear. This has been proven many times. Selective hearing is a problem that we all share. We willfully and intentionally then subconsciously simply ignore evidence, whatever evidence there is contrary to our own treasured opinions. Perhaps at first you simply won't see it. Then you may notice it, but it'll simply look childish to you. And then it may end up being because God blinds you to it. Who knows when what happens? But at some point, if you steadily look away from God's work in and around you, you won't be able to see it even if he slaps you in the face. Ask Pharaoh. Jesus, who is the wisest, most intelligent, and loving person who has ever lived, knows this about us. Therefore, Jesus spoke in parables. You may choose to be so blind that you can't see past your own nose, but Jesus will put the truth on your nose so that you can make that choice for now. Someday you won't have that choice. So choose to listen today, or you will lose your ears. Now, first of all, we need to understand what a parable is. A parable uses earthly pictures to communicate the truth of God's rule on earth. The Sunday school answer to what is a parable is that it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That is true, but it's simply not enough. Paraphrasing William Barclay is a little more specific. He says something like, Jesus' parables were designed to make one stabbing truth flash out the moment you hear it. The one stabbing truth flash out so you can't miss it unless you want to is what the parables are meant to do. And Aesop, Confucius, other religious and moral teachers throughout the millennia have used parables with great effectiveness. Jesus picks this up. He uses this method of teaching when his goal is not simply to pass on information. He's not teaching information. Instead, he's teaching wisdom. How do we go about living well in the world as it really is? The answer is, choose to listen, or you will lose your ears. And God the Son is a gentleman. Jesus will not force himself upon you. If you do not wish to learn from him, you don't have to. 
yet. And in our passage, and in the Matthew passage, we see that Jesus gives the parable of the soils, seemingly a simple story. And next time, we will seek to understand Mark's version of it. But Jesus and his biographers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, understand. They, they understood that you and I need an understanding of what Jesus' goals are are in using the parables. We need to understand what is Jesus up to. Why parables? And for that, we come to Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear. With their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The question at hand is, do you want to understand Jesus, or are you simply looking for excuses? Let's look at verses 10 and 11. Then the disciples came and said to Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Jesus begins his explanation of the parables by answering the why question. The disciples are told the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Now allow me to pause. We have already spoken about the kingdom of God in our series on Mark. And the kingdom of God, or heaven as Matthew uses it. The kingdom of God is God working in and through and for the hearts of those who trust Him. As Dallas Willard says, the kingdom of God is where what God wants done gets done. And these parables before us are Jesus' attempt to allow people in on the secret, to allow us in on the mystery. What mystery? The mystery that the kingdom of God grows, it develops, it spreads differently than many would suppose. It doesn't come through a victorious general riding on a white stallion, yet. It comes instead now in people. You and me doing simple acts of obedience because we trust God's promises to back us up while we are trusting. The kingdom of God is God acting in small ways through His people trusting Him. The kingdom of God is a mystery. 
The kingdom of God is a mystery. It is knowledge that could not have been known outside of the fact that God must reveal it. The kingdom of God is a mystery because God needed to reveal it for us to know, to, for us to understand if we are to know anything about it at all. It is a mystery because it is like nothing we would have expected. But I want you to understand one more thing. I want you to notice with me something else. Something that gets to the heart of both Matthew chapter 13 and Mark chapter 4. We see it right here in verse 11. This revelation is given to some, but it is not given to others. For those who are not given this revelation, they cannot have it. My friends, the parables are a powerful argument for election. They are a powerful argument for understanding that God chose those who would be His out of the world as a whole from before the time began. But Jesus goes one step further in verse 12. He says, for to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Not only must you be given this revelation, but those who hear some revelation and they refuse to listen, even what they have will be taken away. So choose to listen or you will lose your ears. Paul understood this truth. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, he said, For what can be known about God is plain to the unrighteous. Why? Because God has showed it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So, they are without excuse. Everyone, everywhere, every when is without excuse because enough revelation has been given to convict us. Enough, everyone has heard. Everyone has seen. But instead of responding appropriately to this revelation, what they have is taken away. Not everyone listens. Instead, verse 18, by their unrighteousness, they suppress the truth. Neither Paul nor Jesus mince words. The truth is harsh. People don't want to know the truth. In fact, people suppress the truth. And we are all guilty. Past guilt, however, is past. And we can do nothing about it except trust God's promises to deal with it for us. And the parables, and Romans chapter 1, are warnings for us not to continue down the path of suppressing the truth. Instead, we must choose to listen or we will lose our ears. Now, Jesus repeats himself and expands it for us so that we are absolutely clear. Verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, 
but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. I want you to notice the reason these people cannot understand. It says, these people's heart has grown dull. They did not use their eyes. They did not use their ears. And so, eventually, their eyes and their ears are dull because they didn't want to use them. They did not want to see or hear. And because their ears can't or won't hear and their eyes they have closed... God sovereignly acts, and now he won't allow them to turn and be healed. Jesus says, lest they should hear. In other words, because they chose not to listen, now they have lost their ears. They have lost their ability to hear. Don't choose not to listen. Choose to hear. Now, I need to unpack something technical. One of the forms of ancient literature was called chiasm. Authors back then didn't have bold print. They didn't have italics. So they had to emphasize their points differently. Furthermore, because the vast majority of people outside the Jewish culture had zero reading ability, authors needed to write in a manner that was memorizable. So one thing they did was write in chiasm, or teach in chiasm. A teacher or author would develop a point they were trying to make in such a way that the first and last points were mirrors of each other, or near mirrors, but really, however many points they had, their main point that they wanted to get across was the middle point. Let me give you an easy example in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. We are to confess with our mouth and we are to believe in our heart, but the middle point is the key one. You will be saved. And then he goes back to the heart and he says, with the heart we are justified and with the mouth we are saved. And he uses this mirror, he uses this parallelism to teach the main point. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. Now, the same type of thing is happening in Matthew 13, 10 through 17. I am way simplifying it so that it'll fit on one side. The fir first point I'm bringing out here is this people's heart is dull. And the second is with their ears they can barely hear. But the big idea, what he's really trying to get at is this idea, their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes. This is the judgment. And Jesus is intentionally framing it this way so that we will see his big idea. You close your eyes, and now you won't be able to see. Which makes it so important that we choose to listen, or we will lose our ears. With their ears, they can barely hear. Their eyes, they have closed. The main point Jesus wants to get across here is that people are willfully ignorant. They close their eyes. They harden their ears. To paraphrase Peter's point in 2 Peter 3.5, we are dumb on purpose. 
God is sovereign. God elects. God predestines. God chooses. And we are responsible for our choices. Now Spurgeon, when asked to reconcile this conundrum of God sovereignly choosing, yet we also have the choice, the ability to choose, Spurgeon said, I never try to reconcile friends. Do we understand this completely? No, we don't. But we are sure that God can. He knows. And he makes it plain. As with everywhere in God's word, God does not give us information merely to satisfy our curiosity. Man, how many places in Scripture would I want just one more sentence Just one more sentence to make sense out of something. But God, listen, God tells us truth to change our hearts. Jesus spoke in parables to change our hearts. Jesus used parables not only to illustrate and clarify, but also to capture the imagination, to direct the will, and to lead to obedience. This is why Jesus spoke in parables. My friends, there is a moral requirement to understanding the parables. Therefore, a parable is a judgment. This moral requirement that is necessary to understanding parables means that a parable is a form of judgment. It is a means of declaring that the hearer has made him or herself unworthy of hearing the Word of God. There is a moral requirement to understanding the parable. It's not just being able to read. It's being willing to obey. Therefore, a parable is a blessing. It is a grace. It is a means of inviting those who wish to listen to have an opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. Or as he said of Mary, the hearer has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken away from her. My friends, the Bible is clear. God is sovereign. He is in control of all things, including salvation. And the Bible is clear. We make voluntary, real, eternally significant choices. And we are held responsible for those choices. Whether you call yourself Arminian or Reformed, you cannot hide behind your label. You must come to terms with what the Bible says. And this passage is a perfect balance that we must accept. God is sovereign. He uses his parables to hide the truth. And we make voluntary, real, eternally significant choices. If we don't want to hear, we can walk away for now. You and I must choose to listen when we hear. We must be careful how we hear. Mark 4.24, he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. If you listen, if you desire to hear, 
God will give you more. If you merely let your eyes flit over the page of the Bible and then move on in your day, you will get your legalistic checky box and whatever good or bad feeling for having done your duty. But that will quickly pass. If instead you peer into the text praying Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me understand what you are saying. Then you will be rewarded with added grace. Perhaps not all at once. and Perhaps not as often as you would like. There are plenty of days that I don't get goosebumps when I read. Of course, that may say more about me than I wish to tell. But growth comes to babies and lovers of Jesus alike, one increment at a time, one baby step at a time, one trusting the promises of God at a time, one paying attention to God's word at a time. Beware the hucksters of five easy steps to Christian maturity that is so often peddled on our airwaves and in our pews today. Beware also of any brand of Christianity that fits your version of politics or theology perfectly. If it does, you're doing it wrong. No system devised by sinful human beings is perfect. None. And if you uncritically subscribe to anyone, you will find that you have chosen not to listen to at least a part of God's Word. Therefore, choose to listen or you will lose your ears. Now let's see an illustration of exactly what Jesus is talking about with regards to this refusal to listen to closing our eyes and ears from John chapter 6. Jesus had just got through saying in John 6.54, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood have eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Now clearly this is parabolic. And those who did not want to listen to Jesus responded with verse 60. This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? I'm out of here. Many left because they did not wish to understand Jesus' words. Not a bit surprised. And wishing to make a point, Jesus turned to his disciples and asked if they too wanted to leave. Verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. This is a hard saying. This is some closed-minded, intolerant, anti-choice, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Those who want to find an excuse not to listen to Jesus have their excuse goodbye. You don't have to listen. You can choose to walk away for now. That is the judgment aspect of the parables. You will be judged because you did not want to hear. The parables are a judgment against those who do not wish to submit. And they are grace. They are honey to the soul of those who hear and long to hear more. 
Because they long to know God better. Because as we know God better, we will therefore love Him and trust Him more. Jesus spoke in parables. Because He wanted to draw people closer to Him. His disciples here are saying, Lord, I have no idea what you're talking about, but please help me understand. Jesus, this is completely unclear to me, but you're the only one to whom I can turn. You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. That is the revelation aspect of the parables. That is grace. And my friends, we are supernaturalists. We believe that God the Spirit is active in us and through us and for us while we read, prayerfully read, humbly read the Word of God. So choose to listen or you will lose your ears. Now the sign that you are among the elect is that you choose to listen. You want to hear. You want to listen. And for us, we have verse 16. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. There is an aspect that not everybody hears everything. That's why we come together. That's why we have church. That's why we have men and women in our Bible studies and in our small groups. And we we long to talk and learn from their perspective. Jesus' parables are a mercy. They are a grace. Jesus' parables are Him disclosing the realities of His kingdoms that we could not have understood on our own. We had to have Jesus reveal them to us. We had to have God the Father declare that we could know and that had to have God the Spirit come and speak to us. Now, in the coming sermons, we will explore, we will examine some of these realities that we learn about the kingdom of God. And we will be blessed so that we can be a blessing. We do not want to have selective hearing. Now you can be sure of this. If my wife says tacos are on the table, you can be sure that there will be no mislistening on my part. If those melodious words reach my auditory nerve, I will promptly respond. Now, there's no guarantees that selective hearing won't rear its ugly head at other times. I love you, sweetie. But for those who are elect, those who are given revelation and grace instead of judgment, we in the New Testament era are blessed with more knowledge of God than anyone before us. So we must act on this knowledge. We must use God's word to know God better so that we will therefore love him and trust him more. Because to whom much is given, much will be expected. Oh, if that's true, what will be the end of those who spit on him in 21st century United States? Therefore, we must choose to listen or we will lose our ears. Oh, Father in heaven, 
We long to have ears to hear. We long to have eyes to see. We long to have minds open to your truth and hearts open to obeying and trusting and loving and hearing and knowing you. Do it, Lord. God the Spirit, do it in us because we are stubborn and we are finite and we are fickle. Do it in us so that we will be the men and women of God you have created us to be. Bless us, Jesus, so that we will be a blessing. We love you, Jesus. Amen.